Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, aka Boiler Hawk, aka HD underscore Star. Joined as always, uh, the the settler of Catan himself, Ben Ross. Ben, what is up? I am just drowning in sheep, but I need wheat. Somebody needs to help me out there. It's been forever since I've played uh, Settlers of Catan. Um, but my friend started playing online and because I have a wife and child, I guess a couple of them have the same thing going on. I just haven't been able to play with them on this like colonist website. Apparently it looks pretty fun and you can play with a bunch of random people. I don't know if you know about that. No, what, what's it called? I'm going to write, th- write this down. Uh, let me triple check because I actually have it here. All this is great up. Great is to have the day my computer breaks. So Exactly, right? I mean, that's just fantastic. Um, colonist.io, and it's uh, spelled like colon, the lower intestine, I-S-T, dot I-O. So that's there you go, Ben. How you spell colonist? It's a, it's a horrible joke. It's okay. Just, uh, <laughs> a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and we're off. I know, right? Um, the other thing I did want to bring up in this random opening is Christine and I got a board game ourselves. And the the thing about Settlers of Catan, because we do have that, and it's a solid two-player game, but the uh, like cost of just getting the game going, it's just it's too taxing somehow for us, so we don't play it. We got this game called, oh gosh, what is it? Ticket to Ride, and man, oh, an I, such an old game. Is it really that old? Oh yeah. Well, I am addicted to it. Let let me say that much because man, I, I just love the trains. Chugga 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 chugga. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that was that was a ticket to nowhere. That that was uh that was. <laughs> uh, let me think. What else? What else is new? I don't know, Ben. How, how have you been? Other than having uh, your computer uh, go sideways, as Fran McCaffrey might say. I mean, yeah, that, that stinks. I don't know what I'm going to – I need to figure out what we're going to do here. doing this on a pay phone. Um, but that's, that's how I watch all my sports is streaming through my laptop. And we have a really big sports weekend coming up, so I don't know what, <laughs> what's going to be the problem. Well, I think the the one way to rectify at least the basketball game is you're able to uh, able to lock and load with a good old fashioned antenna. Um, that's something that's always come in handy for us, um, because for the longest time, like we pay for cable like fucking boomers. Pardon my French. Gonna have to note that this is an explicit podcast now. Um, but we pay for cable, and for the longest time, we didn't call people into our new home to get it set up. So we're just, like, streaming all of our stuff. We're just got God knows how many freaking apps to, to manage. But we never had cable. So as this sports season has progressed, I've become a little more in tune with um, the de- degenerates, however small a dollar that is for me, but... Still, fun, th- fun thing to do uh, to, to liven the mood for me. And I'm like, you know what? I think I finally need to get cable so that I know the specific point when I might be placing a live bet. And um, so that was like the thing that set us over the top to actually get cable um, or get our cable box set up. And it was surprisingly easy. I just didn't really want strangers into our house at this time of... Uh, you know, a pandemic. So I guess I finally had a, a bullet to bite to to invite someone into our home. Cable guy was nice. 
he had cats, not with him, but make sense. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, <laughs> uh, I will on a one of your millennialism. What I've been doing <clears throat> for the past since June, I've got a Fire Stick that works out great, and I have my parents' Xfinity login. So what I had been doing is like I had the ABC app, the Fox Sports app, the NBC app, CBS app, ESPN, all that, and I could get logged in uh, and be able to stream whatever is on that without having to do other nefarious, you know, extra legal affairs to stream. But starting like two or three months ago, just now started realizing I'm not in Minneapolis and for whatever they can, they've started, re, they've started checking VPNs. Oh, no. I've been getting kicked off apps one by one by one. I'm only ESPN is the only one I can still stream live sports on. <laughs> and I'm just, I don't want to put my foot down because I mean, YouTube TV is probably the next step before cable, and then yeah, that's sixty-five dollars a month. They just raise their prices, uh, I think, right? And then on top of you know Hulu, Netflix, I share those among other people, but I'm paying close to cable if after as soon as I get YouTube TV, more or less, because Xfinity is gonna be is like ninety bucks or more, a little bit more, I think, for me a month. So I just I don't know what to do. Basically, I need to get a computer back so I can start pirating some live sports. Oh, you didn't hear that here, everyone. Ben, ben is a completely legal person. I mean, I was... Uh, yeah, who's to say? <laughs> I mean, I'm the, I'm the one that uh, is um, using a certain software to say that I'm one place where, where I am not, so that a single app, which I think is going to go away. Like, I think the William Hill app, it's updating... Um, it's been, you know, kind of a crappy app, but it's been good to me, um, because it's the one that does not, <laughs> doesn't check your location, like, somehow. Um, William Hill sounds like he's from Arkansas. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's from Britain. Uh, that's, that's where it began. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, like, it's hilarious. I was on their website the other day, and it has, like, the story of William Hill on it. It's like, oh, my God. This this guy, he was like a Peaky Blinders dude. That's that's what this guy was. But you've you've uh, sold it as just a normal guy. Oh, he was just running a bookshop out of his home. This bloke <laughs> just happened to have one fewer pints of beer in one night and approached Tommy Shelby before anybody else and just took his chalkboards and racehorses. That's what happened. Exactly. That's that's exactly what happened with William Hill. Um, so we'll see. I mean, uh, this time tomorrow, uh, or by the time this quote unquote airs, I will know if, um, the app is up to date with FanDuel and DraftKings and all the other ones that know your actual location instead of a VPN location. So, well, uh, maybe I added myself here. Who cares? Who cares? I haven't put any money into that, that application for over a year it's just in there it is my account it is uh, i joke on the punks um that it's my 529 for elliot um because i just i don't withdraw money from it don't put money into it just you know the ups and downs of of what it is so eh, I, i won 40 bucks by betting uh william and mary live so that was that was a rush tonight ben what is wrong with you? William, can name three players on William and Mary. All I know is that in their first game, they shot 50% from three, Ben. And and they were down uh, 10 at half, 10 to 1 odds to come back. And by George, they did it. They did it. In, in overtime against literally George Washington. So, uh, man. And then, and then, like, this just shows you, like, how different conference or what is it colonial caa basketball is uh the guy's doing like the live interview or whatever and he's got his mask on it's like oh wow uh you know uh, you, you just got done playing basketball you you hit some big shots down the stretch 24 points um and you're uh you're as- actually wearing a mask because that's that's what you have to do wow well i'm impressed so Rules followers, they are. That's how I got there. I mean, they were if they didn't follow the rules, they'd be probably at a better school. Let's be honest. Whatever law only gets married. <laughs> oh man! 
Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Well, I guess uh, chopping it up about basketball is a nice segue because we, we figured we'd, we'd start the first half of this podcast talking about Iowa basketball. They had really um, maybe not the, the biggest uh, week-long stretch they've had in a while, but maybe the most impressive they've had. Um a 93-80 win against UNC. Uh, you and I did a live podcast after that. Uh, then on Friday, um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love the Friday night basketball games. Just tremendous fun to watch. 105-77 to over Iowa State. And then 106-53 to over Northern Illinois on Sunday. And I know you mentioned you, you weren't able to catch much of the Northern Illinois game, but... Really, there, there wasn't much to learn in that one that you would not have learned from the Iowa State and UNC games. And I guess, what's your, your big takeaway about Iowa basketball as we head into arguably, um, I don't even think it's arguably, the biggest non-conference basketball game Iowa's probably played in close to 20 years. I, I know that um, UConn, uh, Iowa... I think it was Steve Alford's very first year where Iowa beat a top 10 UConn team, um, but Iowa didn't have any notoriety at that time. So I think, you know, one versus three, uh, about as big a non-conference matchup as it gets. Ben, what are your thoughts about the Iowa basketball team? I mean, it's game of the, maybe Billness is game of the century. I think if it were a football game or and maybe even on any other normal year, um, I just have to hope – I mean, I want to see Gonzaga full steam ahead. I know Jalen Suggs got hurt Thanksgiving week, but I think is back to 100%. They had two guys with a bit of a COVID scare recently, right? Didn't they, didn't they miss two games recently? Yeah, they had to shut it down. Um, as of this taping, uh, things are full go for the game to go ahead on Sunday. but it's Or Saturday, excuse me, Saturday at 11. Um, but it's fair to wonder if, you know, that, that week away affected Gonzaga. But I, I think that would be to Iowa's benefit, right? I mean, of course it would be to Iowa's benefit. But I think, like, I don't know. Like, w- will people move the goalposts on this win if Iowa beats Gonzaga and they're clearly, like, gassed down the stretch of a 105 to 103 Iowa victory? No. I don't think so at all. I think it would take like a, a blowout for maybe people to question that. Uh, and I think we'd still freaking take a blowout over the number one team in the country. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but it'd be great if it did. Uh, I wish, you know, you, you brought up Gonzaga having that week off, uh, maybe hurting them. You know, I wish I would, I don't know, six, ga- six, six days in between games for a team that's incredibly hot. I don't think that's – you know, maybe I wish we were playing a game on Tuesday or something, but I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. I don't think it's going to make or break it. This team is not full of freshmen. This team kind of seems as about as focused as you can be. Uh, I, I, have, I mean, nothing but good things to say where it seems like it's early on, but, you know, we were – we didn't really talk about this, but we were complaining, oh, I think, on Friday after the Iowa State uh, game that, like, Garza was benched for how long? And he only played what? Sixteen minutes? How many minutes? Yeah, play? he played seventeen minutes because Fran fouled him out in the first half. And we and we were com- and we were complaining about you know this is dumb. Fran has done this dumb thing with fouls before, and so you know Nunji playing really well did vindicate him on one hand, but on the other hand too, it's like maybe Fran knows what he's fucking doing, you know. <laughs> I think Fran is – we could add – this is, I think, maybe not a discussion we have tonight, but Fran is – I mean, kind of – he has to look like a genius right now, like every boy basketball man genius. And kind of – yeah, we have to be lucky that right now he's kind of anchored Iowa City for at least three more years due to his <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing about Fran McCaffrey is – Iowa kind of wallowed for a little bit that I, I, I think the 2014 team, um, the one that had the beam happen, I still contend that um, 
if that beam doesn't happen, Iowa is probably advancing to the Sweet 16. It's a horrible butterfly effect argument, but I'm going to make it. Um, and, th- and they still could have. Like, that's the other thing is, like, they were in overtime of that 2014 play-in game against Tennessee. Where have we heard that? Oh, one? Yeah. Uh, and that – the bracket set up beautifully for them. And it's a Sweet 16 run. I remember – uh, that's been predicted. Whoever wins that game is going to the Sweet 16 because it was so easy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if that happens, Fran has planted his flag as kind of a little bit of a genius. But there's the beam. There's, I mean, full circle, right? Pat McCaffrey had cancer during that time, and Fran was coaching a freaking basketball game while his son was, you know, undergoing a procedure, as I recall. So. A lot of things went sideways. I mean, I can't, second time I've used sideways, I got to be a little more creative. But um, you had that. And then I think the 2016 team, they, t- in my opinion, they peaked too early and they just they just didn't necessarily have the horses. Well, for, I mean, there's France February fade. Well, yeah. a, a, a real thing. We have to be fair. I mean, it was a real thing. Yeah, and, and I think the way this team is constructed in a way that those teams And the Big Ten, another thing to take into account, too, not to cut you off, sorry, that his Big Ten tournament record, too, is abysmal. It's not good. It's not good. I could defend it, but there's there's no sense defending it. Um, but I think when you look at the, the 2016 team, they weren't deep enough, and the guys who were coming off the bench were not skilled enough. Uh, I guess that's... The same thing. You look at this team, and they go freaking ninety. I, I, I. Th- this must have been what it felt like in kind of those early Doctor Tom years, where just everyone could play basketball. You're not afraid when one guy's, you know, when one guy has the ball. Now, I, I will say, Pat McCaffrey. I think I learned a little yeah, bit on this. Awesome. He's, he's a little bit of a, a gunslinger, but you know what? That's fine. Like these guys have confidence to make shots, and if they're open, take them. Like I mean, so it is as fun as I've as much of a, as I've enjoyed Iowa basketball ever. Because even even that that twenty sixteen team, they had that dumb loss to Iowa State, and you know the Big Ten run to start was awesome, but it felt like ooh. You're right over there. Oh yeah, no, you know, just muting myself. So that sorry, I, I thought you were burping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the I, I mean, yeah, the twenty. No, are you talking about the 2015 team? You mean, or is this the same year? 2015 team. Geez, 2015. They got to number three, right? Or no, that was the 2016 team. The 2015 team was Aaron White, who lost to Gonzaga after blowing out Davidson. Um, that team felt like. It was the team. Um, in my like, I I think that's the one team that France had that was like, okay, that that feels like where they should have ended up, and I guess maybe the 2019 team as well. But uh, the the twenty sixteen team, there's there's senior leadership like this team has, but I think there is an emotional mechanism that. Fran does not really need to push any buttons on um, like he had to with with those guys just because um, Luca Garza is, for lack of a better word, a maniac. Uh, he's not a fragile, fragile, fragile ego like maybe some other players they've had. No, I just think that um, that he he revs up. Like I, I don't think that Fran needs to do any revving up of guys' emotions. Um, oh yeah, Garza hit six straight threes, right? Or five? Oh, unbelievable! Like yeah. I mean, some, I, we we see the the videos over the summer, and you're like, "What's this really gonna mean?" <laughs> he turned into the best three point shooter on the team that had three really good three point shooters. Like that's, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's just uh, the problem is too. I I just really wish this is a non like non COVID year for especially because like 
remember, I remember that Frank Kaminsky year at Wisconsin, and that was like fun for me. It's like a bad, like fuck Wisconsin, but like that was still he was so fun to watch. And I think like Luca Garza's gonna be, you know, better. Or I mean, at least just as good already. He's, I haven't looked into the numbers. I just thought of this, but like, you know, that'd be just so cool to have sort of like the country just cheering for an like a I've Luca Garza totally seems like the type of guy. He's not a Duke player that the country universally likes and not loves to hate. That's a good point. I, I was I was wondering if like somehow Iowa and um, Duke just freaky Friday this year because Iowa's got the classic all white guy lineup. We've kind of alluded to it before, but Bears. I mean, we don't have to say it. <laughs> they look like a boy band. I think it was Lucy Rodine who said that, and it was hilarious. Um, I mean, yeah, got the eyebrows to go with it, <laughs> and. You know, they're not necessarily floor slappers, but God, the offense. And, and it felt like Friday night, it felt like a lot of people were watching that game wondering, where's Luca? Where's Luca? And then that second half where he just comes out and drains six threes, it's it's unreal to watch that. And, and I, you know, I, I think Steph Curry was a comparison in terms of um, someone starting – as, no, 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 but like in terms of like having 30-point games to start a season, there's a statistic that compared Luka Garza to Steph Curry, and I wonder if that's actually the the comp here, just because Steph Curry was so good offensively. Oh, Frank Kaminsky who? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I don't know what to do with that one up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't do that, but it was uh, – you know, I, I this basketball team just a joy to watch. And for as I think when we first restarted potting, our our hope for football was like just get us to basketball season. Like I think that was ultimately I know. I know. <laughs> that was the main hope. And now that we're in basketball season, it's like man, football season was kind of good. And now I'm in a great mood. Let's let's keep this rolling with basketball. I know exactly, and and it's it's cool too because this game was would have happened anyway, right? This game was scheduled, no matter pre COVID too. Um, you know, it would have been a great road trip in the normal times to go. You know, I would be in Minnesota. I think it's only a four hour drive to Sioux Falls. Uh, easier said than done because I can't be bothered to drive twenty minutes to the grocery store. So uh, it, it just. You know, it's gonna be. We're gonna have a nice, ourselves a nice little Saturday with um, some great basketball in the morning and some, I don't know, some of technically football a few hours later. Yeah, yeah, football. Like I, I still I'm hesitant to even wonder if that game will happen. I guess Michigan talked. Really? They. I, it sounded like they had practice yesterday, which um, or today on monday um so i guess we'll see but yeah for for saturday 11 a.m our favorite time slot ben um it's it's the game of the century i think is at least in iowa land that's kind of what what it feels like in terms of um what it means because the the narrative can get lost sometimes and maybe blown out of proportion, but I think it is incredibly important. Um, now that I was, has ticked off a lot of the questions that I had, um, in the first six games, I do think it's super important that they, uh, assert themselves. Um, maybe not even come away with a win, but that they look like a championship team, I think is incredibly important in a way that, I was very cynical of um, before the the North Carolina game. I, I just think it's very important for Iowa to continue to play the way they have and uh, you know get people on their side. Uh, they had they got a, a first place vote in the AP poll. Yeah, the writer from uh, who covers the Miss uh, Ole Miss for the Clarion Ledger. I think his name was Nick Suss. Thanks, Nick. Uh, look, looking forward to your mentions being ruined. 
Yeah, I mean, because because I, I made a meme where it was, he said, Hello, Iowa, please don't make me look like a dummy for falling in love with an offense that scores lots and lots and lots and lots of points. Okay, thanks, bye. I think the the this is where I almost wonder if COVID and not having fans is to Iowa's benefit because you saw in the NBA bubble where offensive skill was the number one um, attribute that carried a couple of teams. Um, maybe not necessarily LA, but definitely Miami. Um, I wonder if not having fans mitigates some of the defensive concerns for Iowa because um, if it's just about filling it up, I don't think many teams can do it like Iowa can. I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, defensive concern. I mean, this team <laughs> has Luka Garza. I think uh, that shores up a lot of defensive concerns. I guess, and maybe you know, maybe we could truth her a little bit and say, you know, we haven't. Maybe you know, North Carolina isn't that good. Iowa State, we know, isn't that good. So. I mean, Gonzaga is really going to be the the true the true test because you know I'm not sold on I'm sold on this team having great offense. I'm not sold on this team's defense just because they haven't you know been tested nearly uh, as much and and they they will you know as a Big Ten season goes on. But yeah, I mean, really, I, I think last week or two weeks ago I made fun of we've only played Tahiti Tech so far when you're talking <laughs> about all of Iowa's uh, all of Iowa's great offensive successes and now you know we've done the offense against teams of the pulse but the defense is still we haven't played you know played an offense worthy yet i think it is fair to true there i really do because um north carolina the the game after playing iowa um they win by six against north carolina central uh Barely have a first half lead, um, thirty to twenty eight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to be like, is that was North Carolina just kind of constructed to uh, throw a wrench into Iowa's offensive game plan in a way that not many teams can, and the rest of them are, you know, I mean, is it is it a, a I don't know, a house made of sticks. I think that's a fair question. Okay, again, I don't think the defense is a house made of sticks. <laughs> you know, the answer is more likely in between elite and, um, uh, you know, feather, a featherweight. Yeah, I, I guess just the, the time will tell on that. I don't know if I was ever going to get to an elite analytical level from a defensive standpoint. I think they're far too um, far too situational in how they play defense. I don't think like I was very surprised that they doubled up Northern Illinois, which hey maybe maybe it means that they do have that in them, but Northern Illinois just they missed a lot of shots. <laughs> and I don't know how much Iowa had had to do with that. So um We'll see. Like, I mean, I, I think that uh, I just want to see Iowa look like a team that is poised to go to the Final Four, whether that means a win or a loss, because we everyone knows that Gonzaga is the number one team in the country, um, unless Iowa beats them, right? They will definitely have more than one uh, number one voter. They take down Gonzaga like that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's really it. That's the test of the year. It's going to be good, you know. Not that the Big Ten wouldn't have been enough, obviously, but having this little feather in the cap to build some momentum. I mean, what what do we think? You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to say what I want to say yet, but you know, it's <laughs> I'd be putting the cart before the horse. But let's just, uh, you know, I feel that what's the spread, you know. I haven't seen a future line on it. Um, not that I haven't been paying attention. Uh, I think the one lock, uh, short of this this over-under being 199.5, hammer the over. Um, Iowa's 6-0 against the over-under. Um, 
it's been <laughs> the one bet I've gone to the well on so far this basketball season that has not continuously burned me, mainly because I am finding these stupid-ass games to put a couple bucks on. Uh, I, my guess is it's probably one, one like, 84. Uh, so it would be, like, a 90. And maybe Gonzaga is a five- to six-point favorite um, just because they have kind of the, the public behind them would be my guess. So, yeah, if it's like a 94 to 89 type of game, that's kind of where I'll predict one way or the other. Or that's that's my prediction what Vegas will predict. Sorry, I couldn't find on mute there. <laughs> You're about the eighth person today who I've heard say, you right, just take the uh, Iowa team over no matter what. Um, so, you know, I, I, you're right, but, you know, that's just not my life anymore, man. I bet on Iowa against Nebraska this year, <laughs> retirement, lost, got really, really close to doing it again, getting out of retirement again for Wisconsin, didn't. Obviously, you know, that's the whole sport. That's the game. I can't do it. It's I, um, I'm losing enough air other different ways already. Fair enough. Uh, you know, it's just it's just weird to be more excited. God, what if I if I told you that we'd be more excited for an Iowa Gonzaga basketball game over an Iowa Michigan football game? How'd that make you feel? That's a great tease, Ben, because we'll talk about that right after the break. And we are back. Ben, you asked. How would I feel knowing that I'd be more excited for an Iowa-Gonzaga basketball game than an Iowa-Michigan football game? And I think it would feel very weird. It does anyways. But I think if you told me that we're getting an Iowa-Michigan game on quote-unquote championship weekends, do I kind of think that Iowa's playing Michigan for a Big Ten title? Uh, maybe if, if you told me this, what, two or three months ago. Um, so I would, I would be like, Ooh, there's no way I'm more excited for a regular season basketball game. Cause I'm going to be freaking amped for, for the football game, but nope, not the case. <laughs> Sorry, Iowa. You were so good. We had to give you the big Ten's third worst team. You're welcome. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I I don't even know if we're going to talk much about the Iowa-Wisconsin game. I, I think it might just be – that was a fun that was a fun win. Hopefully, Amir Smith-Marset's healthy, and that's moving on from that, right? I, I think that – On the depth chart. Isn't that what Iowa does, though? That's what Iowa does do. Yes, that is what Iowa does do, but <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, I, I am – I love him. The depth, the depth chart is a reflection of how the game ended. I love Amir Smith-Marset. Is what Kirk always says. I'm happy that he doesn't regret the flip. I think life is too short to have regrets. He did also say his last game in Iowa City, so he's not coming back. Um, but who knows? He just regrets getting injured. I mean, that's the only thing. He regrets not sticking the landing. We both oh, know him enough he's been here for four years he's been just exuberance is the right word like no one's had his totally positive attitude because i think that that's kind of the thing that's separated him from maybe some of the other malcontents the wrong word but um characters maybe uh who were a little more up and down. Amir Smith-Marset has always been who he is. He's always been positive. Kirk has always spoken highly of him outside of the moments where he's like, he's on his phone too much. Well, he's freaking 20 years old. They're all on their phone too much. So, but man, that front flip, I just, I missed it live. So he's like, he blew a tire in the end zone. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Um, and <laughs> they showed again. I'm like, oh my God, 
that's the most Amir Smith Marset thing to do because this guy is taking weird hits all the time and he blows a tire. Yeah, he always bounces back up. Yeah. You're, you're right. He took six weird hits that game alone. <laughs> uh, just, oh, man. I love him. I really do. And I'm glad that. I wonder if, like, this is just a sign of what it means to have the. I hate using the word union card, but union card, right? Like, Amir Smith Marset got it. His. Freshman year, and he's had certainly plenty of potential mistakes that might have foiled past guys in terms of, oh, does he fumble too much? Oh, he's loose with the ball. Uh, should he really be returning these kicks? But there he is, just being blazing fast and flipping in the end zone. I love it. I really do. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just. It's a game at the end of the day. It's a game. And, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just a – I am in Amir Smith-Marset's corner. The DUI was dumb as hell, though. I mean, he was the savior of the Iowa State game in Stanley's first start, right? Yeah. Yeah, that – That, that performed – I don't think – I think it took him, like, another 18 more months for him to get over 100 yards receiving in another game, honestly. But – uh I mean, his performance in that game was unimpeachable. You know, that, uh, you know, I think I'll still be talking about that. Created some, you know, some of the best Iowa gifts you can find when you search for them on any uh, GERF, GIF search engine. Excuse me, GERF. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I can't say it. we're all we're all very big uh, ISM fans here. And uh, I mean, the fact that he could stick around for a fifth year would be great. But I can't, you know, he wants to you know, five years is a long time one place and he, if he wants to leave and uh, work his way into the NFL because I don't know if people in our comments are saying that this injury will hurt his draft position I'm not sure how true that is unless it I mean unless it affects his play <laughs> unless it's like a real injury the stunt rather would affect his draft position and I don't know if I believe that and um, I can't blame him for leaving and I hope we get as many, I mean, I hope he plays this week and I hope he plays until we're done playing this year, obviously, because I care. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. I don't think we need to bring the comment section into this podcast, but I, there are concerns about him that are outside of whether he flips into the end zone. There are plenty of guys who have that exuberance in the joyless industrial complex. That is the national football league. Um, so I, the thing that I lean on with the NFL is like one, Iowa just doesn't have that track record with wide receivers. So that's going to hold them back almost as much as anything. Um, but the flip side of that is I think push comes to shove, you parse a lot of what, um, Kirk Ferentz has said about him. The one guy who might have been able to hold him back is no longer part of the Iowa program. Um, and I think Kirk is maybe in his corner. And really all it's going to come down to for him is whether he's drafted or whether he's signed after uh, being an undrafted free agent. Um, it's just performing. Like, Alan Lazard is the number two wide receiver on um, Green Bay. So... You, you don't need to be drafted to be an impactful wide receiver in the national football league. So I, I like I'm, I'm rooting for him. Like I would be silly not to, we don't see athletes come through Iowa city like Amir Smith Marset all that much. So um, I wish him well, and I hope he's able to, to do exactly what he did uh, to Wisconsin against Michigan. I mean, I think Lazard was better. But, oh yeah, I mean, Alan Lazard is one hundred. I think Lazard not getting drafted was absolutely insane. Lazard was first team All Big Twelve, wasn't he? And like, wasn't he second team All American? It was asinine that he was not drafted. I, I think it because. Oh my god! All right, we're now. I don't, I don't, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're not talking about it anymore. But yeah, I mean, it was crazy. So. Um, yeah. But the point is, like, the NFL sees through a lot of things. 
And if Kirk Ferentz is, I I don't, I, I think Kirk Ferentz likes him and has liked him, um, and doesn't really hold a grudge. Like uh, I I take Kirk at his word here, where um, or it sounded like the only reason he chatted with Smith Marset was to make sure he was okay on Saturday, and I think that's where his head's at. Um, has he turned a new leaf? We'll see. But like, he's always spoken well of of ISM. So like, I mean, uh, I we're we're an Amir Smith podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think we we did uh, to harp on this much more. But I guess <laughs> you mentioned it, Ben. And following your power rankings all season, it's basically turned into um, a five or six team power rankings, as it should. Um, as teams have proven that, uh, basically it is just cesspool is the wrong word, but what is just above a cesspool? There's, it's just a mediocre pool of teams in the big 10 and Iowa not playing one of the other four, um, good teams feels like a disappointment, um, so, well, I guess, do you have any thoughts about getting, as you said, the third worst Big Ten team? Uh, well, I mean, we will get. We did have the opportunity to play Northwestern, who I guess was. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Uh, that stinks. Uh, I, I guess it's like this feels as much of a punishment to Michigan as it does Iowa. Like honestly, like neither of us wants to play this game. Uh, if you really cared about. If you really cared about getting Ohio State in the playoff, you'd put them against Iowa because how you would finagle that because, I mean, Northwestern has a better win percentage. You would have to do – I really don't know what argument you can make um, for getting Iowa in over Northwestern. but Or you could finagle somehow them playing Indiana again. Who will – I mean, I think it's – I think they're a 20-point favorite over Northwestern right now. Like That does nothing for their strength of schedule. That does nothing for – SNP and these other fake percentages and numbers that the college football playoff pretends to know what they mean. Um, they just want to get Ohio State in there, and then I think they get a payout too if Indiana makes a New Year's Six Bowl. So they're uh, they're um, just protecting, you know, padding their wallets, which you know I can't. That that's good for every school in the Big Ten. So they're looking out. You know, it's not like it's some. I, of course, it's as selfish as it can be. It's, you know, of course, it's Ohio State. I, I, I do believe that if it was Iowa in the position Ohio State is in, they'd bend over backwards to do the same thing. I, I think if Minnesota was in the same position, I think Wisconsin was in the same position. You know, I can't say – hell, if Nebraska was in the – you know, the only teams I can't say – they'd bend over backwards for any team in this position, and not just Rutgers or Maryland. I, don't, I You know, I'll come to terms with those. Like, they do it for them too. So they're really you have to think of it as they're ma- these conferences are a mafia, um, and it just uh, say it again. Five families. Yeah, honestly, it's five families, and thank for you know. Luckily, we got a guy uh, in the Big Ten's running the whole show right now um, for a th- for a three year term, and I again that might place something with the way things are going, but honestly, it would have happened anyway even if who was ahead before wasn't Barry Alvarez ahead a few years ago or something, or I don't even know. But I don't think he was never the head. Uh, It's just, you know, it's stupid. It just, it hurts Iowa. And, and if we lose too, then that sucks. We get a way shittier bowl game. uh, If we somehow lose. And if those bowl games, you know, end up happening, but like Michigan is, this is a hapless season. They, they, it's going to be the least joyous, I can't see how they can get up to play this football game right now. If you're Jim Harbaugh and his players and uh, that team and those fans, it's just, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I think especially because what they had two prior games canceled. Sorry, I should have had their schedule up, but it's like you look I at think three. I think they've only played. Oh, they, they have played six. So oh, yeah. okay. let's go to this. The schedule and results. Oh, so yeah, they haven't played either the December fifth or December twelfth game. Um, 
who were the two games against? I can't do this match. Maryland and Ohio State were the two games canceled. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Like to to basically have some amount of quarantine and be brought out of it and be like, all right, go go play this. I almost wonder, and Ben, um, maybe what the conference is trying to do is thread the needle to get three teams into New York New Year's Six Bowl. Um, that being Ohio State into um, into the playoff, Indiana into whatever the Big Ten's team one is, and then Iowa in as an at-large. And that only happens, I think, if you can get all three of them into the top 12, and if Iowa and Indiana play, they end up losing. Now, the flip side of this is, Purdue, they have something to play for, uh, ostensibly. The old looking bucket meets something. Um, but kind of playing with fire, in my opinion. I would I would have, uh, I think the first thing I would have done from a strength to schedule standpoint is I would have just kept Indiana in the, the championship game against Northwestern. And Iowa-Ohio State is... Yeah the marquee game arguably that weekend outside of the big 12 championship because i think there's there's a, a needle to thread there oh no clemson notre dame excuse me but <laughs> iowa jumps um jumps the big 10 championship game if they're playing ohio state as a marquee matchup um because yeah it, it feels like a it feels really punchless this weekend um, in a way that is disappointing when like, oh yeah, everyone's going to play opposite each other because everyone's going to be perfect throughout the season and not have any canceled games with COVID. Um, that did not happen. But uh, yeah, it just feels like, uh, eh. but I was shown they want to play and they've come to play the last six weeks. They came to play the first two weeks, but you know, don't need to harp on that. Um, but it, it feels like, Oh, nothing, nothing there, but it is a, it's a ninth game and it will be, uh, the dessert. I suppose both on the season and on the day. I, I couldn't disagree with you more on the Big Ten threading the needle with trying to get three teams in the <laughs> Yes, Ohio State and Indiana will both, I think, Indiana, I don't think they'll deny one. Indiana would probably be an at I don't know what the breakdowns are this year, but I would consider Indiana an at-large bid. And then my defend, defensive Iowa or offense, I guess, is when has Iowa ever gotten the benefit of a doubt on, the, on a fringe bowl bid ever? Oh, they get them all the time over Northwestern specifically. Like that, that's only for like fan per. That's for fan zone. A year of no. Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. And, the, and then no, come on. We got we got we went to the Outback Bowl like five times in like eight years. Like. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I don't think under if I if if all three teams win this weekend and all three make it to New Year's Six Bowl, I don't know. I mean, I'll. I'll make a. You can have. I'll, I'll. I'll open up a William. Or there's a Rivers in Chicago that's legal. You can. I'll give you my VPN. And you can use my. <laughs> you can have my 50 free credits. Um, that's just not happening. So other than that, yeah, uh, what Michigan just. It, there's just so much drama surrounding that program and so much uh, crappy, you know. So many, all their best players are sitting out, or they're or they left, or they're injured, and I mean, they're and I think to the detriment, and I don't think it's his fault, but he's just, Harbaugh's just a lightning rod. He he sucks mm-hmm. a single piece of detritus that comes to and from that campus. Um, it's just hard to focus on anything other other than that. Like, I just know that their team stinks this year, and they're probably. And it sounds like I don't know why, but. Harbaugh's getting an extension. It sounds like I don't know what to believe. Just with all all this is, 
it, it feels like this is a stunt for him, more or less, because nothing happens if he, uh, the, the way they're being told, if he gets extended, like this game doesn't matter for him, I guess is what I'm saying. What this game almost feels like is the Nebraska game from two years ago. The one where Iowa had them dead to rights. Uh, was that Frost first year? Yeah, it, it was Frost first year. Um, they had them dead to rights. They ran the telegraphed fake field goal and gave an opening uh, to – uh, Nebraska. You only have the chance to go up three, right? Go three scores. Rather. Three scores. Yeah. And I think that Iowa has the chance to just bury Michigan. And I will be very curious to see if they come out with that energy to bury a team. And they did, to, to their credit, they did that in the Nebraska game as they had done in the two prior games against Nebraska and just rolled them over. Um, but then they got cute and gave an opening. And I think one, does Iowa come out like that? And two, how does Michigan respond to an energy that, um, that I think Iowa is maybe uniquely capable of handling in terms of just, uh, being very focused about the game in front of them. Um, I don't think six and oh, over the last six weeks happens, um, without an incredible focus considering everything else that was surrounding it and having not a really a division to play for, for those six weeks. I, 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 we had this discussion earlier uh, in the year and we probably were a visit it, but I, I, even though it was a mess of Kirk Ferentz's own making going six and two this season, if you, if you said six and two, I would have taken that one hundred percent because I think I predicted five and three um, going into to this season. So the, the hate exceeded my expectations, which is why I am really kind of over the moon about um, the season. But it feels weird to be like, oh yeah, good season. Now we get to play a crappy Michigan team. Sicko game for a sicko season. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. I guess. Do you have any closing thoughts uh, on the Michigan game or even just the Big Ten writ large? Um, maybe. Do you think Northwestern has a chance? No. That, that, that was my thought. Is the, 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 only, the biggest problem <laughs> we, I have uh, with throwing – a tantrum on the Big Ten's um, special treatment of Ohio State is I think it's warranted. I think Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. I think they are really, really good. I could easily see them uh, being uh, you know, winning the whole GD thing. Um, so that's the problem is like we weren't going to – I think it would – I believe it would have been unfair to deny, deny them the opportunity to um, – have the opportunity to go to the playoff and you know the northwestern it is the best team they'll play this year no indiana's definitely the best team they'll play this year um northwestern's definitely definitely the second best team though which does say something and we kind of think you know northwestern i, th- I think we said late you know turned into a pumpkin against michigan state um when we thought that they really you know, my favorite really funny blog I, I I read a while ago was, you know, the Big Ten prepares for its disaster scenario, a three and Northwestern. And this is how you prepare for it. You put them up against Ohio State. It's the ultimate um it feels like oh, what's the analogy? Is it like a video game or like a TV show or the plot? Um where somebody is planted to get like a job uh, is the you know, somebody else opposite of them is outperform- outperforming them so much that just the rules are bent s- special for this one person to get the job over someone who's more qualified. Um, and that's Ohio state in this scenario. 
And because once they get there, they'll perform better. You know, maybe they're just worse at the job interview portion of the whole thing, but they're better prepared to do the job. And that's Ohio State. So you're saying Ohio State is the Brian Ferentz of the Big Ten? No, because Ohio State has done something. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But I mean, like, this is just my broad thoughts on the Big Ten. And it, and really, it just it's come together with your sentiment around this, the, the power rankings all season. It's just like how bad it is. Like, you, you look at Northwestern's resume, and they beat Iowa by one point, and... Illinois by 18 and Maryland in the very first game by 40. And that is arguably their three best wins were weeks one, two, and then putting a nail in the coffin of uh, Lovey Smith's uh, job prospects in this conference. Well, that's the problem with Northwestern and to extent Iowa not to an extent, a big extent, I was that their biggest quality arguably is quantity and that they've played, <laughs> and that they've played so many games that they're able to have this body of work. doesn't matter that that body of work includes Maryland and Minnesota and Rutgers. The fact is that you got those games in. You, you have 180 more minutes of tape than uh, another team in your conference for nobody's fault anybody's I mean you can't point the fingers at any one person unless you're Wisconsin um so you you just have to roll those punches and um you know like I said it's kind of like you know the best ability is availability uh and this year the best quality is quantity that's a great way to put it because like I just I, I just look at Ohio State's resume and it's just like, my God, 35.1 against Nebraska, cool. 13 points against a bad Penn State team at the time. 22 points against Rutgers. Backdoor cover, seven points against Indiana. And then 40 points against Michigan State. It's like, Iowa beat Michigan State by more. If we're, if we're being honest, Iowa beat Michigan State by 42. And Penn State. And Penn State. And Penn State. Not Nebraska. Not Nebraska, but that's a rivalry game. For <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's a great point. Like Iowa be that just that just shows me ultimately. Like You're more being serious too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know. The 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 things I I explain away. Um, <laughs> but it just, it just cracks me up that like here we are where Caleb I won't be Nebraska by six because it's a rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nebraska was up for it. They they weren't up for any other game on their schedule, but they were sure as hell up for Iowa. That just ugh, unbelievable. But like we we're we're a Caleb Shudek doink away from being in the Big Ten title game with a playoff shot on the line. And, like, Iowa didn't look like a playoff team for a good portion of the season. But just the the way the defense played, especially against Wisconsin, I don't care if it was even their B team. It just, like, man, that was a championship defense. And it seems – and it's frustrating that they're not going to – have a championship other than their three division or their three rivalry championship trophies, which, you know, it makes the entryway of Hanson performance center look good. So I'm not going to argue with that. You know, who is Graham Mertz's biggest fan? Is it Spencer Petrus? Spencer Petrus because of the same goddamn person. They're having the exact same conversation about Graham Mertz on Bucky's fifth quarter as we are. On Iowa, they want Jack Cohn in, <laughs> um, just to give him a chance, see what he can do, blah, blah, blah. Like, so that just has to make you feel – and on top of that, the conditions were horrible. 
Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Rewatching the game, I rewatched it uh, last night, and it, I, I don't know why. Just on my computer, I just watched my computer and on on, my, on the TV, and it just the weather looked so much worse because I think I was you know 30, 30, 13 inches away from the screen <laughs> on the with the laptop. Uh, I couldn't believe how much windier and rainier and snowier and shittier it looked uh, than I remembered on Saturday. Like, God, that would have stunk to play in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just brutal. And, and we, we got all that snow down here in Arkansas. It was uh, a lot. Of, yeah. I mean, the, the narratives around a lot of these college football teams right now is very sympathetic to the ultimate narrative to how Kirk Ferentz handled Spencer Preachers this year um, because he played his best football at the end of the year in a way that, yeah, Graham Mertz did not. Uh, you know, you, you throw 90% against Illinois, doesn't matter how good or bad Illinois is. That's what people are going to expect, real good football out of you the rest of the way. Um, this isn't to say that it's classic lower expectations to exceed them's point, but like credit to credit to Kirk, credit to Spencer Petrus, credit to the receivers for sticking to him, and like credit to Brian. Like he had the, the Wisconsin game plan was a solid one, even though it was like watching two guys stare at each other for thirty minutes in that first half. Uh, you know, I'm going to forgive the first half because of the weather. Honestly, they're adjusting to it. Like, maybe that shouldn't take an entire 30 minutes, but maybe – well, it should because, you know, they're changing field position 15 minutes in. Uh, so, honestly, I'm going to chalk it up to that. Really, and Spencer Petras, his first he, – he, I think he was seven for eight. His first for, like, 18 yards, but, like, still. Yeah, he was fine that first half. The play calling was – Left some things to be desired. I don't understand the, the run to pass disparity didn't make any sense. Yeah, but it's like uh, I don't know. It's a, Iowa football at the end of this season, and I, I sense that we are both approaching the Michigan game with the same cockiness we approached the Wisconsin game this time last week. It just feels like any problem Iowa has is kind of a first world problem in terms of what their, their offense looks like um, in terms of what their team looks like. It's like, ah, you know what could be worse. Uh, could not know who the quarterback's going to be. Could not be playing a football game on Saturday. Could be playing it at 3 PM on Friday afternoon. Where's that rank in your uh, start time power rankings, Ben? Wait, is there actually a game being played at 3 PM on Friday? It is Nebraska at Rutgers. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, doesn't that just warm, warm my computer was my computer was frizzing out this morning when I was writing power rankings. <laughs> we'll blame. It was only a hiccup at the time and not a full blown disaster like right now. But wow, you are right. Three PM Nebraska. Wow, should I take the day off? Or a half day at least? I am taking Friday off for different reasons, but um, am I going to try and peel myself away from uh, family obligations to watch uh, Nebraska and Rutgers play more than a normal amount of football? Uh, I think I will um, because – Man, let's let's check this live line. Let's see. Oh no, there's there are no betting opportunities for this sport. Check back later. Well, maybe that's where we leave this podcast, Ben. Do you have any any final thoughts as we uh, look towards the future of football, of basketball, of life in general? Why does Iowa Michigan ES get ESPN billing? Say that again. How does Iowa Michigan get ESPN? That's a good question. Uh, I guess what are and you also, and also the Big Ten Championship being at 11 a.m. The same. Oh, time. yeah, that's the most Big Ten thing of all time. The same time as the Big 12 Championship. The exact same time. Oh, those two games are in the same time? They're both at 11 a.m. Northwestern and Ohio State are, are both at 11 a.m. And uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State are both at the same time, 11 a.m. 
So wait, what? Oh, is it because I don't know why? Um, because Pac-12 plays on Friday. Meanwhile, A&M Tennessee is on ESPN at 11 a.m. Clemson Notre Dame's at three. Alabama Florida's at seven. Oh, Clemson. What? What was the Florida? Florida, Florida was the late late game. Yeah. Or Tulsa Cincinnati, that's your cup of tea. I mean, it, William & Mary is not involved, so not my oh, you're right. You're right. How's this happen? Yeah, I know. Of course I'm right. You are, yeah. So I guess the, the point, so you have, oh my God, this is so dumb, to have Northwestern, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, Iowa State at the same time. I guess it's just because that's, Sorry, Iowa State fans. We we talked up Alan Lazard earlier. Um, you are not the marquee game on uh, Championship Saturday at eleven o'clock, huh? Well, that, that blows my mind that there are two championship games going at eleven a.m. Man, how about that? So Ben. I think that yeah. If you want to donate cable, you can uh, at me. Oh, <laughs> Do- donate to the Ben Ross uh, cable society. cable funds cable yeah. fund cable society. Is that what we're gonna do? Cable society. Yeah. Okay, we we can do that. You'll share your Venmo on um, the the post for this. I'm sure. Um. So I guess for Ben Ross, I am Harrison Starr. That was this week's Pants Party. Go Hawks. Go Rutgers. Ben, do you have any smart Alec things to finish? You're writing the post because I don't have a computer. Oh, boy. I guess I am. So (laughs) time for this to end.